Welcome to Real Truth Real Quick. My name is Adam Tarno, joined as always by Todd Wagner. Hello, Adam. Hello, friends. All right, Todd, question is this. What is the sin in 1 John 5, 16 that leads to death? Yeah, it's an interesting phrase in the scripture. And uh, what's interesting about it is John says you shouldn't pray for somebody who is sinning like this. Let's, let's read 1 John 5, 16 and 17, yeah. and then we'll uh, talk about it. It says, if anyone sees his brother committing a sin not leading to death, mm. he shall ask God, and God will, for him, give life to those who commit sin not leading to death. Mm. There's a sin leading to death. I do not say that he should make a request for this. Mm. All unrighteousness is sin, but there is a sin not leading to death. Yeah, wow, that's a mouthful. Yeah. Let me just say, this is one of the most difficult scriptures, I think, in the New Testament to translate. There's a number of them out there, but this is one. Yeah. Because people go, well, gosh, should I pray for this person who's sinning? And and I will say, typically, we even laughed about this a little bit, right? Like, there's certain people that do things that just annoy the heck out of you. Yep. <laughs> and you go, that, that brother driving slow in the left lane? Right. That's a sin leading into death, as far as I'm concerned. Yes. Uh, which obviously, you know, it's crazy. Um, I, I, I will say this. We do know, whatever that sin is, uh, it's not the sin that people who have just really seriously mistreated you personally. Hmm. How do we know that? One of the principles you need to know when you're interpreting your Bible, and I tell folks this all the time, is you never want to build a doctrine or come up with an idea or an interpretation based on an unclear text. You always want to interpret unclear texts unclear passages in light of clear passages, right. okay? So Jesus says two things to us. In the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapter 5, verse 44, he says, I say to you this, love your enemies and pray for those who mistreat you. And so I think some people have been really hurt by spouses, by friends, by uh, business associates that were dishonest to them, right. and they go, I ain't, I, I'm not, I'm not going to forgive that guy. I'm not going to pray for that guy. In fact, I hope God, you know, judges them. I mean, you can go to hell or, you know, say awful things to people. Right. Um, Luke 6, Jesus saying basically the same thing he did in the Sermon on the Mount, um, you know, says this, bless those who curse you. Pray for those who, you know, basically un mistreat you. Yeah. So, so whatever the sin leading to death is, it's not the people that have offended you. Hmm. Now, let me just say this. If you go back and look um, in the Old Testament, when God was giving his law to people, um, in Exodus and Leviticus, he says, a guy does this, kill him. God does this, kill him. God does this, he doesn't have to be killed, but he should make restitution. Right. Now, clearly in the New Testament, a lot of that is reset. Mm -hmm. Okay, We don't live under a theocratic law. We're, we're not a theocracy, and so we don't do a lot of the things. as a, a great real truth real quick on why do we still believe in some morality uh, that's taught in the Old Testament and not do everything that's in the Old Testament. It's really worth watching, especially in today's day and age when folks say, why do you still think homosexuality is wrong, right. but you wear blended clothes and put the same crops in the same field, right? We explain that. But um, first of all, we know this. All sin eventually does lead to death. The wages of sin, period, is death. That is kind of what 1 John 5, 17 says when it says that all unrighteousness is sin, okay? But what he's saying here in 1 John 5, 16 and 17 is there's a certain level of unrighteousness that will lead to more than just the normal course of sin. Yeah. Okay? And and what is that? That's what we're trying to answer. Okay? Um, a couple of cross-references. We've already given you, you know, Luke 6, verse 28, and Matthew 5, 44, but here's some other things that I think I would tell folks. Uh, Proverbs 29, 1 warns you and I, when we are continually hardening our heart, you know, against the Lord, and uh, we're doing things that Sooner or later, we're going to reap what we sow. Uh, the scripture says, he who hardens his heart after much reproof will suddenly be broken beyond remedy. Right. 
but there are some people in your New Testament, you've got examples of Ananias and Sapphira in, uh, in Acts chapter five, where they just didn't harden their heart continually. They did it one time and God, boom, brought them to a place of judgment. Yeah, right okay? um, and, and so that wasn't even like continual perpetual hardening of heart and sin, all right? Let me tell you, Adam, what I think the instruction is in First John, okay? Because um, that's really what we need to know. First of all, don't mess with sin, right? If you harden your heart after much reproof, you might yeah. suddenly be broken beyond remedy. There is no question there are some things that God, the discipline that he brings to us is a discipline where he goes, hey, I'm going to let you uh, no longer have the opportunity for life. Yeah. And I don't think that everybody who sins and a sin that leads to death is going to be forever out of the kingdom of heaven. It just means they're no going to long have a chance to serve the king on earth. Mm. All right? Um, but here's what I would tell you, because this is an instruction about who to pray for and who not to pray for. You know, you're supposed to pray for those who mistreat you. Yep. You're not supposed to pray for those who persecute you and enemies. But um, in 2 Timothy chapter 2, uh, one of the marks of a leader is that you are gracious. And it says that the Lord's bondservant in verse 24 must not be quarrelsome, right? But be kind to all. And then it says, able to teach, patient when wronged. And then it continues, and it says this, with gentleness correcting those who are in opposition, if perhaps God might grant them repentance, leading to the knowledge of the truth. And watch this, this is the key in verse 26. So they may come to their senses and escape the snare of the devil, mm -hmm. all right? And so when you're um, messing with the devil, eventually it's gonna rise up and bite you, yeah. all right? Um, but we should pray for individuals. And the Bible doesn't tell us, which is very clear in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 25 and 26. It says, man, pray for those that are caught up in that way with gentleness, like it says in Galatians chapter 6. If you see any brother caught in any spiritual trespass, all right, restore such a one in the spirit of gentleness. So what I would tell you about 1 John 5, 16 is, hey, that guy you're trying to restore in a spirit of gentleness, Galatians 6, 2 Timothy 2, might be on a course that's going to lead to their death. Yeah. But that's between them and the Lord. Yeah. I don't think we have the right in the New Testament to say, that guy, that's a sin leading unto death. Don't pray for him. Right. Okay. What John's just saying is, hey, God's going to do what he's going to do. But what's also clear is that Jesus says, Paul says, you should pray for those that persecute you, and you should pray for those that are in the snare of the devil. Hmm. One last cross-reference, if you really want to look at it, is in 1 Corinthians chapter 5. Um, I won't go back and read it, but if you'll read there, Paul is writing the church, and he's saying there's a guy there who's committing a sin that's even unspeakable amongst the non-believers. Right. right? He's sleeping with his mother-in-law. And, and you guys are acting like um, you're loving and gracious and an accepting, affirming community because, hey, we're, uh, we're living in the New Testament age of grace. So you're just saying, well, he takes the name of Jesus. He's asking forgiveness. Paul's saying, man, you don't pray for that, brother. Turn him out. And Paul says, I, from a distance, that brother, he's going to die. Hmm. And, and, and Paul specifically says, that's a sin that's going to lead to his own death. Hmm. So that he himself, if he knows Jesus, might be saved. But his body itself, he's done with it. Yeah. So when you're an apostle writing a letter to an early church, um, he says that, and so let me say this, churches. One of the things that's really an application for you is you should be accepting and loving towards all people, but you don't ever want to affirm somebody in your sin because all sin will ultimately lead to judgment and death, and some sins will lead to a place where it's not even recoverable yeah. on earth. I like that. Great answer, Todd. Mm -hmm. Be sure to look at those show notes for other helpful resources. Thank you so much for watching, and we'll talk to you again next time. Hey friends, thanks for watching that episode of Real Truth Real Quick where I try and give answers to life, leadership, and the world we live in. We love doing this because it's a great way to push forward biblical truth and equip the saints. Hey, do us a favor and subscribe to our channel, which you can do by hitting up YouTube or just hit the link in the show notes below.